At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombic here, the world messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. And today in studio, I have someone with very interesting background, but more than anything, someone who is absolutely disruptor, who is top artificial intelligence voice on LinkedIn, who is having an amazing company that is uh, showing a lot of great insights of things that are happening that we don't know master in managing, collecting data and leveraging data to make strategic, smart decisions. I love where he's also taking us on the journey with his, uh, as a CEO of his company called Stoic, but also love what he's doing to disrupt and innovate and help um, with everything that is going on. One of our favorite platforms, which is LinkedIn, and also someone who is contributing um, in the data cloud space as well. So I really wanted to also highlight one more thing is very international, very well-traveled and has amazing perspective. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my great guest, Ishmael Cengolomi. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I, I know that with someone who is doing so much, it's always um challenge to find the time. And I really appreciate again being here with us and giving us some amazing insight. But before we tap into as CEO currently, what are you doing? Do you mind sharing a little bit about how did you even get into data, artificial intelligence, machine learning? All of those very challenging different fields, not only to understand, let alone to learn and apply. That's a long story. I hope you have time. I'm going to make it short. So <laughs> uh, when I was, I think, 11 or 12, uh, I used my first spreadsheet. Uh, so it was before Excel. Uh, it was a Microsoft product called Multiplan on MS-DOS. And I fell in love with it. I thought the idea of a spreadsheet was wonderful. You could put these formulas in the cells and do calculations. Uh, it was it was great. And at the same time, I, I discovered the, a database. It was called DBase 3+. And I thought the database was very structured and it was also very powerful, but very different. And ever since I've wanted to marry the two, so get the flexibility of the spreadsheet like Excel and the robustness and the scalability of the database. Uh, and then if you fast forward 10 years later, uh, it was in 94, I discovered the web, fell in love with that. So I wanted to do essentially a spreadsheet married to a database in the web browser. I came in the US in 99 to do that, but the, the web technologies at the time weren't sufficient. Uh, so I did workflow automation for 13 years or business process management, I called it at the time. And then back in 2012, uh, I started Stoic uh, with one uh, with, with our main investors. Uh, and we decided to do for cloud data what Excel did for desktop data. 
and cloud data being larger uh, tends to uh, be updated faster uh, and tends to be used by teams uh, and very often is more complex. So we wanted the flexibility of Excel, uh, but for data that's larger, um, real-time, uh, team-oriented. Uh, and that's what uh, that's what Stoic does. Wow. So from early years, you were super excited what is happening to you uh, as, as exploring and innovating and finding different avenues to leverage, obviously, your curiosity to learn and utilize tools. And then you created true masterpiece as a founder, as a CEO of Stoic, amazing AI platform that offers such a great insights. Um, I believe I heard this in, from you, and if you don't mind elaborating more in another conversation when you said, we swim in the data, we have so much data, question is, what do we use the data for? And is it telling us the story? And is it predicting uh, what we need to be doing and where we need to go with that? So do you mind sharing how you leverage that with Stoic and, and what are you seeing as a result of happening right now to some of your customers? So the, the challenge is not the data so much, but what we do with it. Uh, we're producing, all of us, uh, plenty of data, uh, but we have a hard time making sense of it. We have a hard time analyzing it, um, getting insight from it, uh, and then making decisions, uh, and then uh, checking whether our decisions are leading to, to the results we want or not. And what makes it difficult is that... Um, the science of data is very young. You know, if you're if you're a mechanical engineer, you've got centuries of science uh, since Newton and and before that, uh, many millennia uh, of learning how to use a wheel and 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 things of that nature. For the science of data, it's very very new. Uh, you could say that the science of data was really started with statistics, and statistics are just a century old. And statistics were developed by two guys between the two world wars who didn't agree, uh, and then one died. So they could not really resolve their issues. Uh, and that's <laughs> for classical statistics. And then people rediscovered another kind of statistics called Bayesian statistics that had been forgotten for a couple of centuries. So now you've got this science that's still very young and completely unresolved. Right. And as a result, we don't really know how to use it properly. Uh, and if we don't, we don't really know how to teach it at school. Um, and as a result, very few people actually know how to do proper statistics. And you could say that half of scientific papers published out there are not very good because they're very poor from a statistical standpoint. And so we acknowledge that and we realize that um, if we wanted to solve the problems that we have today, that are the major challenges that we have today, um, we needed to help people make sense uh, of their data. And they really had two options. Either they could go back to school to learn statistics, but that's going to take a long time. And I don't think many people want to do that. Uh, or we could ask the computer, the machines, the, the AI, to do the, the data analysis for us. And that's sort of the option that we took is um, essentially do software where a lot of the data analysis work, the hard work uh, could be done by an AI uh, on behalf of, of the users. And that's what Stoic does. Wow. How much that power holds right now with everything that is changing? 
and looking from executive lens, when you have to quickly make decision, be more confident in those decision making, be more confident that accuracy and precision is going to drive you, right? Because uh, how you can possibly do that without a great insight and data? I can't even imagine. How is that possible, right? So you're bringing a good question. And um, here first, we have to say that things are moving very fast. Um, and what we are doing today simply wasn't possible even three years ago. Um, the big change is this generative AI and especially those large language models. Um, what they give us is a good interface between humans and machines. Now, all of a sudden, the machines can understand what we say and they can talk back to us, right? Uh, in other words, when I interact with a machine in English, I have a lot more bandwidth. I can exchange a lot more information than when I do through, uh, let's say, a mouse clicking on buttons. Right? Um, so that's a big breakthrough. Uh, it's this interface between the human and the machine, um, which allows me to express more clearly what I want. Uh, and then it allows the machine to give me results that I can understand, even if I'm not a computer scientist or even if I'm not a statistician or a data scientist. Now, the challenge is that this generative AI, the, the things like ChatGPT, uh, is only part of the solution, right? Because it's not truly intelligent yet. Uh, it's just good at telling stories, right? It's good at reading and writing English or reading or writing code. But it's not very good at doing math, for example, right? And it doesn't really understand what it's doing. It's just guessing. And very often it's okay, but you know, all too often it, it hallucinates. Right? And it's very difficult to work around those. So you need to complement these generative AI techniques with other techniques, sometimes also called AI or machine learning, or sometimes completely different techniques that are much more robust for doing the kind of math and statistics that you need when you want to analyze the data. So the challenge is bringing all these technologies together into a system that can analyze the data in a reliable, accurate, reproducible manner. Mm. I love how you break that down. And it's also it's so important for everybody watching and listening to this episode of Legacy Leader Show to really understand how data truly is asset and powerful tool, not only for the current decisions, but also to predict what is coming and what to anticipate. And I see that a lot of organizations, the bigger they are, the more data they have, the more challenging they are having those results to not only drive decisions and transformation and change, but truly also to preserve um, the quality and preserve what they're already doing that as well. Unless you know and validate that, it's, it's like really difficult to, uh, again, have a good insight if you're not able to have accurate data, right? I couldn't think we more, totally. So with with obviously you you started playing early with computers with different languages with understanding the power behind it of different tools, but I'm curious how did you dabble into AI and became such an amazing subject matter expert not only through your company that is powered through AI tools and leveraging AI tools ultimately speaking uh, about AI tools but truly understanding. 
um, where things are headed, because I know that we still see, which is interesting, a lot of executives and leaders being on the fence, thinking that this is another trend and we keep saying, no, 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 this is here to stay. Same idea was when uh, World Wide Web started, right? And look at where we are. We can't possibly imagine our life without being able to go on internet. Um, so I feel like this is going to be second nature to everyone pretty soon. And we're already seeing so much impact by AI. So do you mind sharing some of your stories uh, where you see uh, some really amazing positive implications of AI? And then also, where do you see some risks and where it's very important for leadership team to pay attention to? So let me be clear. Um, this is real. This latest wave of AI is real, for sure. No question about that. So if anyone has any doubt, um, you're not paying attention. Uh, this is real, and it will change absolutely everything. But probably not in the way that many people think. Um, and I have a, a slightly sort of different viewpoint on what the implications will be. Uh, so how did I... Uh, sort of learn AI. I've been at it for a long, long time. I think my first exposure to AI was back when I was uh, 11. Uh, so that's 38 years ago. Uh, when I first used Prologue, uh, which was uh, one of the early uh, sort of AI-oriented programming languages. Uh, Prologue stands for Programmation Logique, uh, like logical programming. Uh, and back then I built my first chat GPT like, uh, chat engine, um, where you could write in French. I did it in French. Uh, you could write something in French, uh, and then it would answer to you in French, but it did that not the way chat GPT does it. Uh, it did that with formal logic. Uh, so you could say the grandfather is the father of the father, the, 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 those kinds of, of predicates. Uh, and then it would reason, it would really think it was truly intelligent. But that wave of AI didn't really work at the time. And it was used for what we called at the time expert systems. And never, they never really work at the time. I think in the future, they will. And when people talk about artificial general intelligence, I believe it will be a hybrid between this old way of doing AI and the new way of doing AI. And I've sort of followed AI uh, that way. Every, every 10 years, I would take another look. Um, and every 10 years, I wasn't super impressed by what uh, what I saw. It, it just didn't really work. Uh, so the neural networks of the early 80s, they were great for doing things like character recognition, but that was pretty much it. Um, and then you had the the wave of, of machine learning, you know, 10 years ago, and they were great to automate certain things, but they were, they were quite limited and really hard to use. This latest wave of generative AI, th th that's the real deal. That's when things really start to work. Uh, and work so well that we humans don't fully understand how they work, right? So when the people who make those systems can't explain how they work, that's when you know that something quite quote unquote magical is happening. That's that's when some you know that there's something really interesting there. Uh, what the impact will be? Uh, well, clearly short term, uh, many jobs will be automated. So. If you're a copywriter, it's probably time to think about another career. Uh, if you're a language translator, same thing. Uh, very soon, if you're a lawyer, uh, realize that nine out of 10 will be automated. Uh, 
If you're an accountant in five to 10 years, uh, you're probably going to lose your job. Um, and what I just said could be said to many, 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 many professions out there. Uh, where And so I, I think everyone is pretty much in agreement with that. Uh, and that's a major challenge. Um, because some of these people who will lose their job will be able to find other jobs. Uh, there will be other opportunities. They will be able to retrain. But history, when you study industrial revolutions, history shows that most of the people who lose their job don't manage to get retrained. Right? Uh, so that creates very significant questions from a social standpoint, from a political standpoint. There will be massive disruption there. Not because AI will take over uh, in a sort of terminator way just because ai will put a lot of people out of a job and will not give them replacement jobs right we have to be clear-eyed on that that's just not going to happen um i also don't believe that we're at risk of extinction between a, because of ai um, we're at risk of extinction between because of climate change um, and this whole discussion about extinction because of AI, I think, is a distraction and a diversion uh, because we don't want to talk about the risk of extinction between a, because of climate change. I'll go even further. If you read uh, the work of, for example, uh, Yuval Noah Hariri, uh, Sapiens and Homo Deus, um, which I think are very good pieces of work, uh, you learn what made our species so powerful, so, so successful, uh, Sapiens, uh, compared to the previous one, Neanderthal. Um, Neanderthal had bigger brains, uh, was actually arguably smarter from an IQ standpoint. Neanderthal probably had a higher IQ than Sapiens, and it was stronger, uh, taller, more muscle. Uh, but Sapiens won because Sapiens had a neocortex, uh, so the piece at the, at the surface of the brain, that is really good at making up stories, at mm. inventing fictions. Uh, another way of saying it is at telling lies. Sapiens is really good at telling lies. And by inventing fictions, we could motivate people and we could create larger groups. Uh, and if you are 100, uh, you can beat the, the 10 sapiens uh, or you can more easily kill the mammoth. And it's through these stories, uh, eventually became religion uh, or, you know, money uh, is just a fiction, right? The fact that this piece, green paper uh, as value is, is a fiction that we tell ourselves, right? Um, that created civilization and, and that made us successful as a species. Uh, but what made us successful back then is also what's making it very difficult for us to solve the problems we have um, because we're so good at telling ourselves stories that we can ignore the reality. And that's where the fake news come in. Um, and that's why for the really, really difficult things like climate change, we actually find ourselves incapable of addressing it. And my hope is that if we delegate some of the decisions to uh, a form of intelligence that is not biased like we humans are and is not susceptible to you know falling for stories, maybe we can find the right answers and, and address these challenges. At least that's what motivates me. And so I'm not too worried about the bias in AI. I'm worried about the bias in humans. Mm. 
That is such a great point because um, I love how you provided this holistic great picture of what is going on and where the also risk and threats are. And you're right, because everything, when we look at historically, we abused a lot of opportunities where they could be brilliant, but then also because we're not taking responsibility and accountability, how they're leveraged and utilized and how they're actually impacting rest of the population, for example. As a result, we see this carelessness not only reflected in so many historical events, but also in a current state that we're in and a social, economically, politically, and religiously, all of those elements that you actually mentioned. Um, and, and, and speaking of change in a lot of industries, right? Some things will be automated, some things will be simpler, some things will be easier. Uh, so what would you suggest for the people in these different industries, how to position themselves for that change? Because I know also that we have a major disruption as a former educator, as like education right now is like how many universities really teach what we really need to know, right? And then where do you apply yourself so that you don't become obsolete? So several things. First of all, the, the good news is that um, the challenge is actually not massive unemployment because demography is such that there are less and less people to do the work. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that a lot of jobs will be automated, but that's not so bad because there are less and less people to do these jobs because we're making less and less babies. So if you look at rich economies uh, at the forefront of that trend being Japan, but not also China, and in Europe, countries like Germany and Italy and United Kingdom, uh, they're populations are starting to go down. Uh, by the end of the century, Japan will lose a third of its population. And China is very close behind. And the, the recent numbers, uh, which were sort of fudged by um, the Chinese government in the past few years, the recent numbers show how fast the Chinese population is shrinking. So the baby boomers are retiring. Uh, they're not going to be replaced in mass. Um, and the trend is, is accelerating toward smaller and smaller population of workers. So I'm not too worried about many people not finding a job. Uh, I'm very worried about the people who will lose their job and will not be able to retrain. Uh, so society will have to take care of them. That's very, very clear. I don't know how to do that. The politician don't ask me. Uh, but um, what I'm more worried about is companies having business, but not enough people to do the work. Mm -hmm. And that's the primary reason why they should use AI is to automate what cannot be done by humans today because we just don't have the people. It's that simple, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so what I would encourage CEOs to do in virtually any industry uh, is to be to, to educate themselves, uh, to, to learn as much as they can about the technology so that they don't fall prey for lots of snake oil salesmen. Uh, most of the products out there that you'll find on AI, most of the experts out there that you'll find on AI are actually no good. Uh, so you need to really educate yourself on the topic, really do the hard work of understanding how this thing works, do the research, uh, study constantly because it's moving faster than anything I've seen in 40 years in this industry um, and then use your good judgment to decide where you're going to invest um, and your first investments might not pay off and that's okay 
Uh, it's always like that with industrial revolutions, and we're living one. Um, but eventually, it will pay off, and you don't have a choice. Right? So just do it. Uh, what you mentioned on education is super interesting. Um, what history tells us is that every time there is an industrial revolution or a technical revolution, we have to reinvent education. Right? So the education system was built for training the people that we needed at the last industrial revolution, right? when the steam engine was our primary source of power, right? mm -hmm. when we need lots of factor factory workers. Um, and I'm sorry, but we don't need that anymore. So that education system has to be completely reinvented. And nobody has any clue how to do that, by definition, right? Um, so we'll see. Uh, but what's very, very clear is that my kids or their kids, certainly, uh, are not going to need the education that you and I received. Uh, it's it's meaningless. Mm. Wow, so many things here to depict, and I really appreciate again your um, share because it's it's time, as they say, uh, no no time as now because things as they start fast-paced in further developing will be harder to catch on. And if we don't understand where we individually fit and position ourselves and also organizationally, um, sometimes we'll be unrepairable because we remember those early days of Google and Apple and Amazon and look at where those giants are today. So if we're not uh, taking those big strides and also making smart decisions and investing where it's needed to, right? People is going to be the biggest asset, and 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 it still is today, and specifically in decades that you're talking about are to come. So, if you don't mind sharing, you obviously always a forefront forefront of innovation. You're also tremendously contributing to LinkedIn and being influencing. Uh, a lot of things with creatives, with uh, with articles, with posts, with trends. Um, so we've seen in the trends that are affecting workforce, right? Also on the platform itself that is designated for workforce. Do you mind sharing a little bit of your insight and perspective on that? Because obviously nobody knows better than you do. Please. I don't. I, I, I wouldn't say that. No, no, no. LinkedIn knows. Um, but I've been using LinkedIn for 20 years now. Uh, I, I knew several of the people who started the company. Um, it's a wonderful platform and there's nothing like it, right? So there, there is no alternative to LinkedIn. Uh, so whether you like it or not, you've got to use it, right? There's no choice uh, and it's great. Um, and the collaborative articles that they've released recently, uh, I think is the most important thing they've done ever since they started. Right? So the original idea of a business oriented social network was, was brilliant. And the, the notion of connections, the way it worked, that, that was great. Um, what they've done on learning uh, is, is also excellent. Uh, where I think the collaborative articles play a critical role is that they can structure, they can help structure knowledge, business-oriented knowledge, um, and they can help understand uh, who is an expert. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a very structured way of organizing skills and uh, attaching skills to people, uh, understanding who has the skills. Um, this is very new. Uh, they, they've just launched it. Uh, and I don't think that you should stop at its current incarnation. It's going to evolve uh, very rapidly. 
um, and LinkedIn, from what we can see from the outside, I don't have a, an insider track, but from what we can see from, from the outside, is very committed to it, is very serious about it. This is a highly strategic initiative for them. And what we like about them is that it's really one of the first implementation of this collaboration between humans and machines. And that's why they are called the collaborative articles. Right? So in the past, we had uh, human-machine interfaces, HMI. Right? In the future, we're going to have human-machine collaboration, HMC. And the LinkedIn collaborative articles are one example of that, where an AI uh, decides what articles to write and then writes it. And then humans come in and add their perspective paragraph by paragraph. And it's working reasonably well. Uh, it's actually working really well for writing the articles. It doesn't work so well for picking the topics of the articles. So AI, as it's available in 2023 right now, is not smart enough to pick the topics, to ask the right questions that the article should answer. So we're encouraging LinkedIn to consider using humans to do the curation of the topics. And ideally, this curation should be done by the uh, community top voices for these skills. So, for example, I've got um, a badge for, for AI, um, and I would love to be part of the team uh, of people who have a badge for AI. There are probably a couple dozen of them uh, who uh, suggest topics for articles that could be answered by the AI and then commented by the humans, right? So I think this collaboration has to work in, in both directions at different stages of the process. For some stages, humans are best. For others, machines are best. And it's going, going to evolve in the future, right? So there is always a place for humans until we send the machines to colonize space. Humans will not colonize space, right? Humans, we, we, we have organic bodies. We don't react very well uh, on radiations, right? So these ideas of going to Mars or beyond, it, that's that's not good ideas, right? Earth is good for humans and we're going to stay on Earth, but we're going to send the machines to colonize space, right? But until then, uh, there will need to be a collaboration between humans and machines. Uh, so humans always have that place. Um, and we just need to find, you know, where that place is, where we can do, uh, we, we, we can bring something of value that, that the machines cannot. Um, and and we have to find that place in what makes us human and what makes us interesting as humans. Um, and and one of these areas is, is empathy uh, and, and love, right? Uh, things that the machine don't care about. They, 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 they just make no sense to them, right? Um, and so when there is so much changes in the world going on and unfortunately so much suffering because of all these changes uh the answer is finding the empathy and and finding the love that that's where you find your true north mm. wow that is so rich i love what you just said and um, even though we can power things with much machine learning and ai influence tools we still cannot replace the human aspects of it. And... We never will for what matters, right? So mm -hmm. don't be worried about that. Don't be worried about not having a place. You'll always have a place for where it matters. The question is where that is. 
Mm, I love that also thought-provoking question and, and you spot on because we've seen things that the, like have been contributing in part of the LinkedIn since I believe 2010 maybe. I'm not sure now I need to go back and look at, but I know that since then platform involved in so many ways and I involved as a result of it, right? So if I stay the same, even if as a business owner or even as an employee or whatever might be the case or scenario uh, or both, as a lot of people are trying to do a lot of different things, um, things that we learned 10, 20 years ago, yes, it's a lot of wisdom and experience there, but are they really applicable? And what part of that is still applicable, right? So it's evolution that is for, forcing all of us to change and transform as well, how we show up, what we learn, what do we keep uh, focusing on and what we bring to the table. And I'm seeing um, a lot of people now recognizing traditional way of education, it's not anymore because a lot of things are obsolete. Like I remember studying global business management. I was the first generation of global business management graduates. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, global business management involved so much in recent years, right? So let alone some traditional types of roles and uh, everything is now attached and tied to technology. And we see still people resisting it, right? Um, so where where do you think are things are headed in terms of, uh, if you don't mind sharing some of the insights or anything that you see, because obviously you've been very visible in LinkedIn, obviously been contributing to these amazing creative articles, and you also recognize artificial intelligence component to it. Uh, but in terms of also, how do we learn and consume information? Because I know that a lot of organizations are struggling how to disseminate, how to educate, how to impact, and frankly, how to involve. It's really difficult. Um, the only way that I know how to do that is to identify the sources of information that you can trust. Um, so um do not get all your information from the web or if you do get them from reliable sources newspapers still have a role to play um big time um get your information from multiple sources so we've talked a lot about the business but this is especially important in the world of politics do mm. not get your information from the sources uh, that appeal to the people who vote the same as you are. So if you're a Democrat, uh, listen to the news that are listened to by the Republicans and vice versa. Reach out. Reach out to the other side to understand their viewpoint, their experience, their beliefs. You might disagree, but you're going to learn a lot more from them than you will from the people who vote the same as you do. Mm. Um, in the world of business, to an extent, the same could be said. Um, go talk to your competitors. Uh, go talk to other industries. See how they're doing. Uh, step outside of your comfort zone. And when you do that, uh, you will meet experts, true experts, that you can trust, you will see them because they tell a different story uh, that covers a broader 
spectrum of viewpoints and perspectives. Uh, those are the ones that you want to listen to, I think. That is so powerful. I, I cannot agree more with you. And I also see um, the shift that's happening we have to adjust it. We have to embrace it because sooner we do, the better we'll be. Because everything we resist, right? It keeps persisting. It keeps to, keeps us also in their circles. And I love what you said: having holistic approach and holistic view, and creating our own independent opinion, and and also understanding why we put, have a position in a certain way, why we're doing what we're doing and why we're advocating for. I think we have so much more power and influence and we have to use it wisely. We have to use it responsibly. Yes, we by, by the same token, realize that not, opin not all opinions are equally valuable. Uh, so do not mistake opinions for facts. And you, you yes. ask, you know, what, what should we learn? Uh, how do we how do we reform, reinvent education? Well, we have to focus on the things that remain true for a long, long time, such as, for example, the scientific method, right? That's what we should teach. We should not teach knowledge because knowledge gets obsolete very fast. And because we now have machines that give us access instantly to the entirety of human's knowledge. So we shouldn't bother teaching knowledge. We should teach the mechanisms through which knowledge is created. And the scientific method is one of the best ways of creating knowledge, true knowledge. Opinions are great, feelings are great, but facts uh, matter a lot more, especially when you have to make a decision, right? Um, yes. And so for the collective uh, and for the world of business, uh, it's all about decisions. And those decisions have to be made on facts, not feelings. Um, mm -hmm. And so there uh, really get to the sources that will give you the best facts. And that's why data is so important, right? Data is just another word for facts. Uh, mm -hmm. Data is facts quantified, um, incarnated. Um, and then at the same time, realize that, as we said, Everything is changing super, super fast. You cannot fight it. Don't be a Luddite. Um, you just can't fight it. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. Um, and the question is, what can you do about it? And the answer is very little. Uh, so you, you, you can't change the world. You can't fix it on your own, right? You can do little. Make sure that you focus on the little that matters. And, and the little that matters is the one that you can really change. And that's why our company is called Stoic. You know, Stoicism is that old philosophy from antiquity. Uh, you could say it's the Western equivalent of Zen Buddhism to a certain extent. And what Stoicism teaches you is to focus on what you can control and ignore the rest. Right? Most of what's going on in the world, you can't control. So ignore it. Don't let it affect you. Right? But what you can control, focus on that. And focus on that with facts. Um, and for the rest, have empathy um, and love. That is such a beautiful advice. I love everything you shared and, and, and I love actually now that you also told us what Stoic stands for. For a lot of people that are watching and listening, you have a huge opportunity to not only experience firsthand what Ishmael is doing on, on LinkedIn, obviously opportunity to learn more about his uh, company Stoic. 
as well as uh, avenues to reach out and then really uh, collaborate and explore avenues because again, not only he is able to show, um, but also support the facts with data. And I love what you just said. We have so much opinions, but what is data really saying? What is truth? What is the truly anchor? And how then we can craft choices and decisions as a result of that. Um, obviously, you crafted phenomenal leadership, a path for yourself. You also for your team and people that work with you. Uh, you already established your legacy in, in ways that not only by leading and living every day, I can not, not only through passion, but also through outcomes that you generate, create, and obviously already have so much to leave uh, for generations to come. But I know you're not done, you're just starting. So what would you like to be known and remembered for, uh, for everything now that we understand uh, in this chapter of your life, what, what, what would that be for you? Just that we helped people deal with data better to make decisions that will matter. Th mm -hmm. That's all. Uh, so if we can help them uh, a little bit, that, that's great. That's plenty enough. Mm. And do you mind sharing uh, for people that are interested to get in touch with you and find you, uh, where would you like them to go so that they can also have opportunity to again, really see the magic and what you, what you and your team were already doing and how you are taking leap and bounce of just, again, embracing the change and doing some amazing work with data and AI. Sure. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Ishmael Chang Galimi. Um, Galimi written G-H-A-L-I-M-I. Uh, and uh, follow me. Uh, reach out to me. I'm an open networker, they say. Uh, and if you want to try Stoic, uh, we'll give access to you. It's free. Um, and uh, if you want to contribute to the collaborative articles, we'll give you free coaching for that as well. We've coached to date close to 250 people. And I think 67 of them got 129 badges out of it. Uh, so the process seems to be working pretty well. Almost a third uh, got badges after, on average, two weeks of working with us and the whole program is free so just just reach out we would love to help you out wow listen guys again it's a free service free support opportunity for you to participate be visible share your brilliance uh through these collaborative articles and also learn more about data uh, and learn how all of this is playing for you but your own specific profile and that is amazing gift an amazing opportunity specifically if you're on the fence and not sure what to do and in closing um if you would just sum it one action or one a trait or anything that again audience that is really uh, still on fence or just simply not sure where to start where would you recommend what what would you suggest for them to do where to start on ai yes that's a good question well if you've not used chat gpt use it it's a great tool uh, if you're not impressed by chat gpt i don't know what will impress you uh <laughs> it's, 
it's it's pretty darn cool and it's not a one-trick pony show it's it, it, there is depth in it um especially if you can get access to version 4 3.5 is is cool but things get really interesting with version 4 so make sure you get access to that play with it uh continue listening to this podcast i think this is a great place to to to, to find information about it uh, how to get started just get started J- just get started there, there are so many avenues um just be careful where you spend your money you're, you're going to find again a lot of fake experts uh so so be be wise there but j- just get started and don't expect that you're going to understand everything all at once don't expect that it's going to automate everything that you want to get automated all at once just get educated on the subject it's all about the journey so so get on board um and you'll see it, it's wonderful and you'll meet a lot of great people Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us a positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers. Cheers.